The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Good morning or good afternoon to all you tired, stuffed fantasy football fans out there. You watched football, you ate some good food, hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. And now let's talk about the NFC home game. Six games to preview today. Of course, we'll look back at the two games from yesterday and talk about the Ravens-Steelers game. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richard. All right, guys. How was uh, how was your Thursday? Was it awesome? Was it rocking? It was great. How was yours? It was fine. It was, it was how fine. was your turkey? Ooh, you know, I really have never made one before. This was my first try. Whole Foods. I got it from Whole Foods. It was a boneless turkey, and we're still not really sure how that works. But it was six and a half pounds of a boneless turkey, which is enough for about 15 people, I think. There were only, you know, three of us. Um, And they told us to cook it for 45 to 50 minutes. It needed two hours and 15 minutes. So it threw off our day a little bit. (laughs) Just back in the (laughs) oven, back in the oven, back in the oven. It was really, uh, but it ended up being okay. But, you know, I had barely any of it because the side dishes were so much better. No, there's that. How about you guys? Not exactly the same. Um, my wife made a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Everything was perfect. But I, I'm with you on the sides. Sometimes the sides are better than the turkey. Always, man. Always. Yeah, I went back for thirds of just sides alone. It's it's that's not not a knock on the turkey, man. It's just the sides. Right. What were your two best sides? Uh, what were the two best? I mean, I, were, I love mashed potatoes, so I went back for mashed potatoes again. And uh, my wife made cranberry sauce, so I went back for that again. And then um, my brother-in-law made. Uh, App, like sweet apples, uh, apple oh, cinnamon. Oh, terrific! Boston Market does great <laughs> cinnamon <laughs> apples. Sure. All right, uh, Dave. You potatoes and green beans for me. What was it? Mashed potatoes. Sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, sweet potatoes. Marshmallows on top. Excellent. Oh, so good. Yeah, we did the green bean casserole and the corn souffle. Those are those are my two jams. Nice. Okay, so Lamar Jackson tested positive, guys. Do you think this game's going to be played this week? It's not looking great, uh, especially with the fact that the Ravens play Thursday of week 13 against the Cowboys. So there's going to have to be some, you know, probably multiple games being moved around if this game gets played this week because they clearly cannot play Monday or Tuesday and then turn around and play Thursday. So um, I think there's still a chance. But at this point, you know, you got to start making preparations to have replacement options for Steelers and Ravens. And I don't know how many people feel comfortable with the Ravens to begin with at this point anyway. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it's something that we'll probably find out by the end of the day, Friday. And, you know, maybe by the time we do the mailbag show, Hopefully. Adam, we have an answer for that. Yeah, I think we should. Well, we're going to have to do a bonus pot at some point. But I, there are so many questions to be asked right now. First of all, if RG3 is the quarterback and they actually if they get this game played, what does it do for Mark Andrews, Gus Edwards? Downgrades. Yeah, how much? Um, not as much for Edwards as it would be for Andrews. But then again, I would expect the Ravens to fall behind and lose this game and take away the running element. So Edwards will probably fall to a low-end number two running back at best. Andrews are still going to start because tight end, pulse, gets targets. And that's really about it. I think it, it finally you'll have a week where if you haven't gotten away from Hollywood Brown already, now you can. No one else in this offense is even worth considering in fantasy. Yeah, but would you would you drop Andrews below like a Hunter Henry or yes. yeah, yeah? Like I think I, I think you have to do that, but not too much farther than that. Okay, so maybe still top ten. Um, and then, you know, we were talking on fantasy football today in five with Chris, and I actually posted it in this feed as well that there might be a week eighteen. 
You know, look, we're getting a lot more COVID cases right now across the country and in the NFL, a lot more in the NFL. It's a bit of a spike. So what should we do about this, you know, in terms of fantasy playoffs? Should we change anything? For And also, I need to say this before I forget. I am going to let fantasy managers put, temporarily put Steelers and Ravens players in an IR spot to pick someone up to create a roster spot. I did not do this back in week three or whatever it was when it was the Tennessee Steelers game because they were treating it as a buy. But this is a different situation. You shouldn't be penalized for this, so I am going to allow fantasy managers to use the IR spot for this game in particular just for now temporarily. If the game gets played, you're obviously going to have to make a roster decision and bring those guys back off IR. I'm going to allow that flexibility for now. But well, we- it's, really the, it's really the Steelers guys because Lamar is technically IR eligible if you have an IR spot. Dobbins and Ingram are IR eligible already because they've been placed on IR in CBS leagues, at least. No, but it's it's Andrews, it's Brown. If, right, right. If but I'm saying case. is it's most it's mostly yeah. Steelers guys. Like uh, I, I was going to send this message to to my leagues, and you know, I commissioned I think ten leagues that you know you can Good. do this. But I wanted to wait one more day yeah, because if the game gets played Monday or Tuesday, you know it's it's still you know I, I don't want people to just make at, at random ad drops and start stashing right. players in IR spots until it's officially either postponed. So I waited personally to do that. Um, you know, again, that's just, you know, something. That's okay. Yeah, that works. That's okay. You're planning to do it, and that's what's important. I think the NFL will do everything they possibly can to get this game in. Mm-hmm. It, I, it, yeah. It'll come down to, are there more positive cases on the Ravens on Friday morning? Right. And, and, are, and again, I know we're po- we're doing the show Friday morning. Um, I, you, I know you're going to post it a little bit later, Adam, potentially. But uh, for fantasy football today at 10 a.m. Eastern today, mm-hmm. um, we have Jason Lockenfora on our show. And he reported last night that, it's almost the certainty that they're not going to play this game in week 18 because of what the playoff ramifications will be for the Steelers at this point. They would not risk any COVID cases if they don't have to play a game going into their body. You know, th- that could completely shatter their team if they have to have a COVID case and replace, like they'd rather forfeit this game than play week 18. Okay. But last thing I just hold on, uh, uh, on the week 18 thing, I'm going to, I'm going to allow player, uh, managers to put these players on IR now because I don't want, what I don't want is like, okay, someone's got the Steelers DST and their opponent to, in a sort of smart way, but also kind of a jerk way goes and adds DSTs or something like that to block them. I want to give these managers who are potentially going to have a game postponed some flexibility, uh, but but I totally understand where you're coming from, Jamie. Now, the whole Week 18 thing, since that is a possibility for some replacement games, for some makeup games, um, should we do anything about that? Should we change our fantasy formats at all? Not yet. Nope. What I, what I think it could come down to, however, is if enough games are rescheduled to Week 18, you make Week 16 and 17 playoff-eligible weeks. And I don't know if that means that you extend your regular season or not. I don't know at what point we're going to know how many games are on week 18, if there are games on week 18. But you could theoretically, if your championship is in week 16, you can make your championship game weeks 16 and 17 and just have a two-week championship. Yeah, you see that a lot in baseball, fantasy baseball. All righty. So that's, that's that situation. Let me tell you about CBS Sports HQ. It's at 10 a.m. Eastern today, so uh, you, you probably won't even hear this podcast by the time it airs. But if you miss it, you can watch it on demand on the CBS Sports app on OTT devices. Go to the CBS Sports app on your smart TV and scroll down until you see the familiar faces of fantasy football today. Also, Sunday, we have FFT and 5 at 8.30 a.m., roughly, in this feed and in the FFT and 5 feed. HQ from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., Twitch at noon Eastern, twitch.com slash FF today, and Twitch at 4 p.m. Eastern. The Lowe's home team watch party, Bucks and Chiefs. Dante Hall and the Garrett Blunt will be joining the program. This is going to be hopefully an awesome game. And we have great games. We have a good time no matter what, but when we have great games. We have an awesome time on the home team watch party presented by Lowe's. Uh, I want to tell you guys a little bit about a matchup I have with Ben Gretsch before we get into the um, the games. So, yeah, it's a big week for me. I'm in contention in in most of my leagues. I need some wins. Going up against Ben Gretsch in our two-quarterback league. And it's PPR. I didn't have anyone going yesterday. And unfortunately, I faced faced Terry McLaurin. So I am in a bit of a hole. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I also also faced Duke Johnson. So McLaurin and Duke Johnson. Yeah, it's tough. I... 
forgot I also faced Will Fuller. He had Will Fuller as well. Of course he did. So Will Fuller and McLaurin and and Duke Johnson. So that's tough. Yeah, that that's was a tough the, break. The, the oh, wait, player. I'm sorry, Jamie. He also had Antonio Gibson. I forgot <laughs> to mention. Yeah. So that's Gibson, Johnson, Fuller, and McLaurin. But that's it, right? Oh, wait. He has the Washington DST as well. <laughs> so, yeah. But the good news is it's a 2QB league, and his quarterbacks really suck. He has Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. So I'm that's down for you. 90 to nothing. Facing Murray and Kyler, uh, Murray and Wilson, and uh, I, yeah. I had a similar experience. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, on the other side of it, uh, where I'm playing Pat Mayo in in the flex leagues, and I have Watson, Fuller, Gibson, McLaurin. Uh, don't have the Washington Whoa. DSC. Yeah, that's pretty uh, good. So it was it was a it was a fun day. I think I'm up one twelve to three. Holy that's cow! That's not bad. That's not bad. I like your chances. I uh, I'm playing against Colby Conway of Fantasy Alarm. Uh, in the Kings Classic, and he is a Texans fan, and he always drafts Texans. So you can imagine the hole that I'm in after Thursday. Yeah, Yeah, well, a lot of you are. And uh, here we go. Detroit and Houston, 41-25 Houston. Uh, You know what? I even checked the results of the Twitter poll I posted. Who is the second best quarterback in the NFL? And I I do the, I know, like I did it during the game. So I figured Watson would get a lot of love, but let's see the results there. Not for fantasy, but yeah. What do you have any big takeaways from this game, guys? We'll go through these games kind of quickly. We've got a lot to get to here, but any big takeaways from Houston and Detroit? I think you could be a little bit more comfortable, not confident, but comfortable with Duke Johnson. If he is the starter still in week 13. Really? A little bit. He had one great play and he had fewer touches in this game than he did in his Yeah, but this was a blowout, so I don't really worry about that. I think I think he just looked again comfortable, not confident that at least they threw him the ball, that he did something productive because he was miserable the first two games as the starter. So he's not a must-start guy by any stretch, but he's a guy that you can use as a flex. I think he was gonna get dropped in a lot of leagues before this. If he He doesn't catch catch that bomb, it's worse this week than the previous two weeks. And they but again, never see the Texans. You You can't factor in. He would have had much more touches if the game was closer. What about the pro I don't know about that. Touchdown. Don't running backs typically get a lot of extra touches and blowouts? We no, they didn't have to sometimes. work him this way. It was a short week. He gets them down inside the five, and then CJ Proceis yeah. comes in. Weird. Yeah, that I, was the only weird part about it. That was weird, and I just I can't I can't sign off on that. I'm still very uncomfortable with Duke Johnson as a starting running back. You were bailed out if you started him this week on that very uncharacteristic for the Texans deep ball catch. Yeah, props to Dave, by the way. Speaking of props, Dave on Fantasy Football Today and 5 every Thursday morning gives you his favorite player props for the Thursday games. And the two he picked were Deshaun Watson under 39 and a half pass attempts. He threw 25. He had not thrown 30. That was an easy one. He had not thrown 40 all year. And Amari Cooper, what was it, over 59 and a half receiving yards? Something like it. I think it was 55 and a half. Yeah, and he had 112. So well done there. Um, yeah, it was a very green Thanksgiving at the Richard house. <laughs> Marvin Jones, 12 targets, but only six catches, 48 yards. Do we hang on to him? And he, he got hurt late in the game, too. I didn't see an update. Right. Do we hang we on to Marvin Jones? the severity of the injury. He has extra time to get ready. I mean, I think you want to hold on to him just in case Galladay's not back. Okay. Again. Yeah, they have uh, they have Chicago next week, so that's not great. But still, the targets are good. Washington 41 and Dallas 16. And on the opening possession, two starting offensive linemen both leave with injuries. One of them being Zach Martin, who's you know an all-pro guard who was playing both right tackle. tackle. Yeah, they're, so they're, they ended up losing both of their tackles. Um, and they lose 41 to 16 as well. So is it even a question at this point? Who would you rather have rest of season, Antonio Gibson? Or Ezekiel Elliott? No, no, no question. It's Gibson, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that game, that game was lost on that drive with the two tackles, and then when CD Lamb dropped the touchdown, you know, so they they couldn't overcome the score once that happened because they had to settle for a field goal. It would have been a tie game if Lamb has, catches the ball, yep. and then obviously Antonio Gibson scored the two touchdowns after that. Well, what about the fake punt? I think that, oh, that might have swung the game too. That was a pretty terrible coaching decision. Yeah, on fourth and ten. <laughs> fourth and ten. On their own, like, 25. And they went for it on fourth and one in their own territory earlier in the game, too. And But that know. I can kind of get. Yeah. You know, I always wonder, I don't know if you guys know the answer to this, when they tell you, well, the analytics say you should go for it here. Do the analytics, I really don't know the answer to this, do they factor in the quality of your offense? Because it's different if you're the Chiefs going no. for it on fourth and one compared to the Cowboys. And that's why I didn't think it was a good decision. Like They're not good enough. 
there's also so many different fourth and ones. There's fourth and an inch. There's fourth and, you know, an inch and a half. You know, yeah. it's, right. It's, and what about factoring in the quality of the defense you're going up against? Right. Yeah, it's it's always the ball placement. It's never who you are and what, what you're facing. Yeah, in terms of the analytics, you mean? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, then that's silly. Like, it shouldn't be blanket statements about you should go for it here. But I digress. Um, other takeaways from this game, McLaurin was his typical self. He just cannot score touchdowns because they don't throw touchdowns. Did anything else jump out at you guys? Like, do we need to hang on? I know it sounds crazy, but do we need to hang on to CD Lamb? He is ninety three percent rostered. I mean, he was, he was okay last week with the touchdown, but you know, again, if you want to take that away, it wasn't a great game. Um, yeah, so I think you want to hold on to him. I don't think he's a must start guy by any stretch. He's a flex, right? We wouldn't call him a number two wide receiver at this point, and I don't know that the Cowboys season is going in a positive direction. I could see getting rid of CeeDee Lamb if you wanted to next week when waivers run. All righty. Well, J.D. McKissick did not have a good game. Wasn't a huge surprise. It's kind of what Dallas does, and we thought the Washington had a good chance to win. That's not good necessarily for McKissick. Cool. All right, news and notes. Quarterback stuff, Tua was limited, but it, it seems like he's expected to play. I'll tell you this, though. I, I'm i going to keep Ryan Fitzpatrick. I picked him up a couple days ago in a 2QB league. I'm going to keep him just in 2QB because he's been really good when he started. And if Tua has another bad game, you never know what they could do. They're trying to make the playoffs. Uh, I think they told you what they could do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Trubisky expected to start. Teddy Bridgewater expected to play. He's 60% rostered. So where do you guys end up with him? We'll preview that game. But Bridgewater in your rankings. Top 20. Agreed. Geo was limited, but still in the concussion protocol. Savan Ahmed missed practice. Do we have any insight in who the starting running back for the Dolphins is going to be? I mean, all the practices yesterday were, you know, guesstimates. So, you know, I, I think at this point, you just got to see what happens Friday. Okay. I'm, I'd be surprised if Miles Gaskin plays. What about Adam Thielen? Don't know. Yeah, still on the reserve COVID list. So is Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to miss the game at New England. Cleveland's dealing with some COVID cases, but don't know who. They're at Jacksonville. Rams leading tackler, Micah Kaiser. He's on IR. He'll miss at least three games. Tampa Bay center, A.Q. Shipley. I believe he was a backup center that had been playing recently. Uh, yes. He may have a career-ending neck injury, so that's just awful news. Hopefully, that's they are not getting Ali Marpet back though. Yeah, uh, Chris Carson limited in practice. Not is, like are we reasonably confident that Carson's going to play? I yes. thought he practiced in full on Wednesday, so I don't know if there's a downgrade. Okay, I can double check it, but I would I would assume that they list him as questionable for the game, no matter what his status is on Friday. That's just how how they or actually no they don't they have the Monday game this week they have the this Monday game. right but they had a Thursday right didn't they play Thursday the week before yes they did yeah so they had a what I guess a walkthrough on Wednesday and right was, but did they Thursday. have to file an injury report usually you don't if you play on Monday you file on Thursday Friday Thursday's Saturday. first day yeah yeah right, well, well, you let us know what you find Dave so look if he participated in the Wednesday walkthrough and he was limited on Thursday then I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll have him on Monday. Yeah, all the expectations are he's going to play. So, mm-hmm. barring a setback, expect him to be out there. Don't drop Carlos High yet, though. What about the Chargers running backs? Who Do we know who's going to start there? We don't Again, know if no. Eckler is going to play, but he has been activated. He can practice. And um, Kalen Balazs was limited in practice, so the injury that he suffered late in their last game doesn't seem to be totally hobbling him. You got to wait and see. That's when we'll get some more answers on Friday and Saturday. I want to talk about a couple of potential sleeper tight ends if you're stuck. Because Irv Smith and Tyler Higby both could miss their games. That's Irv Smith facing Carolina, Tyler Higby facing San Francisco. San Francisco has been great against tight ends. Carolina, not quite as much. And Rudolph's been been pretty okay lately. I mean, he's getting some decent yards. So when you look at Rudolph and Everett, and Everett did score a touchdown in one game without Higby, are these guys good sleepers? And who would you prefer between Kyle Rudolph and Gerald Everett? Rudolph, for sure, if Thielen is out and Irv Smith is out. I mean, you know, that's a big option for Kirk Cousins. They like each other. You could see the rapport, you know. And so uh, you mentioned it, you know, Rudolph's numbers. The, the best game was the one game Irv Smith missed already. You know, so Smith had the two touchdowns, missed his next game. Uh, Rudolph, he had a fumble in the game, but he had, I think, uh, five targets, four catches, 63 yards, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, would, would certainly be a better fit for me, at least, 
was somebody I'd look to pick up over Everett just facing the San Francisco defense. A few more injuries. Both are in play. Uh, MVS. Both will be better than Jordan Akins. Oh, two oh. drop touchdowns. I should mention yeah. that. Dropped two touchdowns. One was Jordan tough, Yeah, but but he did drop two touchdowns. So yeah, two ends on the game. Uh, so Raheem Most uh, before Mostert, Devontae Adams was limited. MVS was limited. We're expecting them. And yep. Akeem Hicks mispracticed with a hamstring injury. And Aaron Jones has not been tearing it up lately. So it would be good for him if Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle for the Bears, missed this game. San Francisco could get so many players back this week. Mostert, Coleman, Wilson, and Richard Sherman has a possibility of being back this week at the Rams. More Debo on that too? in a six. Oh, oh, yeah. Adebo, right. Sorry. Um, more on that in a moment. Brandon Ayuk still on the reserve COVID list, though, as of now. So we're going to go right to that game, actually. Let's talk about, got six games to preview today. Six NFC home games. And in three of them, I think we have kind of must-start running backs with very tough matchups. And why don't we start with Raheem Mostert at the Rams? First of all, we don't know the, the, the workload that he'll get. But in their last seven games, the Rams have allowed no more than 10 non-PPR or 12 PPR running backs, or fa- fantasy points to a running back. So uh, look, if you get 10... Non-PPR, 12 PPR, that's not bad, but that's the ceiling right now against this Rams run defense. It has been tremendous. So Raheem Mostert, start or sit? He's a start, but he's the number two running back. And I think most times this year when he's been healthy, he's been ranked inside the top 15. Um, You know, a guy you feel a lot, I feel very comfortable starting. Um, You know, so I think it just depends on what you have on your team. Uh Losing Kaiser's, you know, at least a, a change in that defense. You know, so we'll see how that impacts them. But, you know, I trust Kyle Shanahan. I trust this run offense. I trust Raheem Mostert. So it's not a slam dunk, but it's a pretty good start starting option for him. I think you you'd be you'd be hard pressed to bench him unless you have a lot of great options. That that's the best way to put it, because I think there aren't a lot of great running backs once you get to like I don't know. I'm looking at my non PPR rankings now, maybe like twentieth. In non PPR at, at RB, I think that Mostert might be the best of the rest at that point. But it's a tough matchup, and we we don't know just how much work he's going to get compared to the other running backs. McKinnon is obviously healthy; he can take passing downs. Is Coleman going to take work away? Is Jeff Wilson going to take work away? So I'd be a little cautious in starting him. Yeah. What well, What about let's say the game gets played, Gus Edwards or Mostert? I'd still start Gus. I would start Mostert now that. There's no Lamar Jackson. Okay. Gallman over Mostert? Oh, yes. All right. Yes. What about Clyde edwards Zelayer against Tampa Bay? You know how many running backs have more than 60 yards? Or, uh, yeah. You know how many running backs have more than 60 rushing yards against Tampa Bay? Zero. You so know they're how, almost in the same boat, how right? How many more than 50? One. It was Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I would say they're in. Yeah, and you know what, Raheem Mostert, got to give him credit because he's he's about three catches a game when he's been healthy, which has been surprising. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair, and only two running backs have more than twelve carries against the Bucks. By the way, this is a really tough matchup for Clyde, no question. Um, I would actually though say the Rams' run defense has been better than the Bucks since the injury to Viavea, but both have been sure. great. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. So, which who do you like better, Mostert or Clyde? I have Clyde a spot higher. Same. In non-PPR and PPR, it's a no-brainer that it's Clyde. Why? So think about that, though, because I feel like Clyde's passing game involvement's a little overrated, a little inconsistent. Sure. And it's there's not always... a no-brainer. It's, uh, it, it's okay. very close in both. I think they're very similar type of guys. Yeah, I, I think that you give, the, you give Clyde the edge probably because you're not as concerned about... I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say you're not as concerned about workload, but maybe, I don't know, maybe you should be. But but they're both in the number two running back. Not yeah, they're not dumb starts. Okay, would you start David Montgomery in the dream matchup against Green Bay nope. over these guys? No way. No, I bet Heath would. Actually, he I don't might. know. I don't know. I'll check. <laughs> uh, the last one was Chris Carson. The Eagles really do have a great run defense. Three point four three yards per. Why carry. are they good? Fletcher Cox. He's going to play, and Brandon Graham. Uh, you know, all those guys whose names I know correctly, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. still, I'm starting Chris Carson. He's the top three too. Yep. Okay. All right. Good segment. Let's beat the waiver wire. Let's look ahead to week 13. So tell me if there are any names that come to mind. I think you look at players who have a lot of upside. If they get opportunity, Cam Akers could be that guy. 
He's 48% rostered. Debo Samuel. RG3. What's that? RG3. <laughs> against Dallas? Maybe. Yeah, sure. Uh, Debo against Buffalo, but just but more of a long-term thing. Lazard, MVS, if they keep it going. Sterling Shepard at Seattle next week. Nelson Aguilar at the Jets. John Brown. John Brown, when he plays, he's been really good. So you could this Richard Higgins. You got a useless yeah, Richard Higgins. You got a useless roster spot, somebody you don't need anymore. These are names to just just stash, put away. Seattle's DST, 78% rostered, so hard to get them, but at Philadelphia, then the Giants, then the Jets. Philadelphia this week. DST. Giants, Jets. Vikings, yeah, they have uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, please start Mike Lennon next week, too. <laughs> Green Bay against Philadelphia. The Raiders DST is at the Jets. This is actually a pretty good beat the waiver wire week. Do you have Brian Hill on your list? No. No, I don't. Because Todd Gurley showed up on the injury report with a knee, did not practice on Wednesday, and then the estimation was that he did not practice on Thursday either. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you'd like him for this week. You don't want him next week, though. Next week is who? The Saints. Saints, okay. Mm -hmm. This week is the Raiders. Um, Quarterbacks won't be as easy. here's one. Andy Isabella. Because Fitzgerald? Yeah. They have have the Rams next week. Right, but, you know, who knows what... Yeah, how long he could be out? Uh, yeah, quarterback's not as easy. Lamar Jackson or being out. RG three is really not a bad option. Tua against the Bengals. Daniel Jones at Seattle. Luckily, there are only two teams on by. Unfortunately, one of them is is the Bucks. Also, the Panthers next week. All right, so there are some some names to know. The startometer. The last three games we're going to get to today are the Rams, Niners, the Bears, Packers, and Seahawks, Eagles. So let's do it the way we did it yesterday. Who are you confident in? Confidently starting in these games. Let's start with San Francisco and the Rams. Who who are you confidently starting in this game? Cup, Cooper, Woods, Robert. Uh, okay, should you be? I know yes. they were amazing last week, but they really were kind of, you know, hit or miss before that. You, you can't bench them, though. You probably can't bench them. Yeah. The only way you could even think about benching them is if you think the... Rams run game is going to be crushing it against the 49ers. By the way, Heath, that's, that's only kind of the correlation. That's only, it's, it's not foolproof. Heath is definitely not higher on David Montgomery than he is on Clyde Edwards Elair because he's pretty high on Clyde Edwards Elair. He's got him top 13 and he's somewhat <laughs> low on Montgomery. Not as low as you guys, but more like 24, 25, 23, 24. Okay. Just letting you know. Interesting. Cup does have a terrible track record against San Francisco, but the Niners slot corner is suspended for the next two games. So the matchup gets a little bit easier for him. And it's not like the defense is playing at a great level this year. Anyway, it's definitely help, would help them if they have Richard Sherman back, but still I'm not benching those guys. Okay. And then how do you feel about Jared Goff? I think he's in that, uh, you know, number two quarterback range. Uh, he's got a very good track record against the 49ers, surprisingly, given what their defense is. Last year, he had a miserable game against them in one matchup, and then he bounced back against them. He had one point in the first meeting and then 23 points in the second meeting, which was later in the year. Um, but he typically plays well against the 49ers. Um, part of that is, you know, 49ers two years ago and how they looked, but uh, or the previous two years, 2017, 2018. But I think Goff is playing well enough. I mean, he's over 600 passing yards the last two weeks. Uh, didn't have a great fantasy game against Seattle, but he did have a very good one last week with three touchdowns. So you just kind of know what you're getting. He's not going to be consistent. I think if you're looking for 18 to 20 points, he'll be okay. If you're hoping for 24 or 25 plus, you're probably going to be disappointed. I think you're starting him for the exact same reasons why you're starting Cup and Woods. It's the upside. And the 49ers have allowed some amazing numbers to some quarterbacks over their last six games, 30-plus. Yeah, two of their last three. I mean, the last one against the Saints was bad, but obviously, you know what happened in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. 49ers, sometimes they're just horrible. You know, they've just had like the Dolphins game, the Packers game, Seahawks that got lit up. So they're just, you know, sometimes the injuries really catch up with them. Last guy in this game, just how confident are you in Jordan Reed? Jordan Reed. He also showed up on the injury report uh, with an what? illness. What? Non-COVID related, though. Oh, illness. As, okay. as of now. But um, again, something you got to keep an eye on. So if he's there, I think he's a low-end starter. If he's not there, then I don't think you're going to start Ross Dwelly. Okay. Like, I think you pivot to Kyle Rudolph. All right, Rams then. have allowed one touchdown to a tight end in their past seven games. The Bears and the Packers. Who are you confidently starting in this game? Rodgers. 
Devontae Adams, if he plays, which assuming he's going to. That's the still Aaron Jones. Uh, oh yeah, Aaron Jones and Allen Robinson. You know, and that's Packers DST. Yeah, you guys are not. Uh, Heath is pretty high on on Robinson. You guys are not. I mean, he's like borderline. He's like right around twenty four, and it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's a great week for receivers. I, I think one. you got to be in in a real. He's he's obviously better in PPR than non PPR. Um, but it's it's one of those things where you know he's going to get targets, and I think you just got kind of buy into the hope of they come off their bye week and it's you know we got to make the playoffs feature our best guys. Plus it's Trubisky, you know, so who knows if that helps him or hurts him. Well, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been good for him. It's three games with Trubisky, five catches, 74 yards on nine targets at Detroit, 33 yards on nine targets against the Giants. And then he actually did have 71 yards in a little bit more than a half against the Falcons. But then he had, last year they were fine together. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, in the last five games, Allen Robinson's on pace for 90 catches 1,069 yards and three touchdowns on 122 targets. His first five games, he was on pace for 182 targets. Last five games, 122 targets. So that's just been a little bit more, like probably a little bit more Darnell Mooney. Miller's come on a little bit. He also left one of those games. Would you, yeah, uh, true. Would you, uh, that was like super late though. Um, It was also overtime though. Would you start Allen Robinson over Clyde Edwards Ehler? In PPR, yes. Easy. Okay. Seattle or Philadelphia, who are you confidently starting? Russ, DK, Lockett, Lockett. Carson if he plays. Sanders. Hyde if he doesn't. Seahawks DST. Miles Sanders? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's it. All right. Wait a minute. Dallas Goddard? Oh, right. Yeah, I guess Goddard. I'm down with Dallas Goddard. Seattle's been pretty good against tight ends, no? Yeah, but th- that's who Wentz is connecting with. Is it sounds end. like Ertz may play, so that kind of ruins. That could change things. That would be really bad for Richard Rodgers. Let's see. Seattle, actually, actually, no. So in their last six games, I was wrong. They have allowed, listen to this, 57 to 64 yards to this collection. Irv Smith, Dan Arnold, and Tyler Higby, 57 to 64 yards. And touchdowns to this collection, Ross Dwelly, Tyler Croft, and Dan Arnold. However, they did shut down George Kittle, and unfortunately they injured him. Two catches, 39 yards on four targets. So I wouldn't say they've been that good against tight ends. My bad. Our first game today is, of course, the home team watch party presented by Lowe's Game, Kansas City at Tampa Bay. You already got the stat of the game. Only two running backs have more than 12 carries against the Bucs. Only one running back has more than 50 rushing yards. It was McCaffrey, and he did not even get to 60 rushing yards. So we already talked enough about Clyde Edwards-Elair. Um, go ahead and listen to that segment about stud running backs with tough matchups. Patrick Mahomes is a top-two quarterback. You're going to start him. Yeah, I don't know why I even waste time with the Chiefs. Like It's just Clyde is who you talk about. You start Hill. You start Kelsey. How about Sammy Watkins? He's coming back. We do see some number two receivers do pretty well against the Buccaneers. What do you think about Watkins this week? Well, I, I think, you know, the fact that you say he's coming back, we got to wait and see because at this point, I think it was either last week or two weeks ago, he was coming back last week as of Friday as well and then didn't play. So it's I wouldn't trust him. You know, you, you want to see him play at least once. Uh, it's a great week for wide receivers. There's no teams on a bye. You know, so if you're in the – deepest leagues and you know you, your choices were Larry Fitzgerald or Sammy Watkins you play Watkins clearly if you're considering Michael Hardman or Sammy Watkins you know maybe you pivot that way they did place Byron Pringle on IR so maybe that helps Hardman but I think at this point you just got to realize that the number two receiver for the Chiefs is not going to be a consistent fantasy producer may have a good week it could be Robinson could be Watkins it could be Hardman it's just too hard to gauge right now he is still out there, though, in 40% of leagues. So if you wanted to put him on your bench, I think he's a good bench receiver rest of season. Yep. Just to ask this question, you don't think Carlton Davis is going to shut down Tyreek Hill, do you? No. No. Okay. So let's Did go over to the, the Bucks. The, the yards after catch clinic that the Rams put on the Bucks last week? Yeah. Oh, yes, I did. But that's not exactly I don't know exactly if they're going to be able to wrap Tyreek up Tyreek Hill if they can touch him. Yeah. Carlton Davis, I just, I'm just i going to try to look it up. I keep saying I'm going to look things up, so I'll update you on one thing. I did this poll. Second you can be- say anything you want to here. It's not going to sway me. No, no, no. I, I know. I know. I just, it, it's just for football fans out there. Uh, I did the poll. Who's the second best quarterback in the NFL? Russell Wilson running away with it with 60% of the vote. 
Aaron Rodgers, 27%. Deshaun Watson, 11%. Lamar Jackson, 2%. How about that? What do you think this poll would have been last year? Lamar Jackson probably would have been the leader. Um, probably. Okay, Not Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to the Bucks And Jamie, Tom Brady, start of the week. He's the start of the week. Uh, I think he's going to have a bounce back game. I think it's going to be a high scoring affair between these two teams. Uh, I don't trust the Chiefs defense to stop the Bucks offense. It's a day game. The old man gets to play in the daytime. <laughs> and he's been clearly much better during the day than he has at night. In five of seven day games, he's at, scored at least 23 fantasy points in five of those. So um, in night games, he's been miserable. So I, I, I think it's going to be a shootout. The last two quarterbacks against the Chiefs have scored 27 or more fantasy points. And that's Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr. So I think, you know, Brady's going to be not a top five guy, but a guy you should feel comfortable going back to. Cool. Hey, uh, Spagnuolo was the defensive coordinator of the Giants in Super Bowl 42, right? Yes. And he's now the defensive coordinator of the Chiefs. I just <laughs> think that, look, I'm not going to tell you to sit Tom Brady, but I just think that that's a funny wrinkle. Yeah. That you, he, he's taken down Brady before in the biggest of spots. And we know that the offensive line could be an issue for Tampa Bay. Just I think, makes well, me put Jensen back at center. Would make sense. Hopefully, that's what they do. I'm trying to but think if it, he was the... it is something to kind of think. I, I, their left tackle mispractice for a couple of days this week. Is he the defensive coordinator the second time? I don't remember who their second defensive coordinator. I think it was forty-two, but I don't think he was there for. Mm, no, he 46. wasn't. He was probably on the Rams by then. Um. He was the DC of the yes the he was the coach of the Rams I think yeah okay anyway, who cares um all right so <laughs> Bucks running back starter sit I like Rojo and non PPR and I think it, it I I th- I would expect the Bucks to try to get their run game going in a in a bounce back attempt after last week and Chiefs have been okay they've given up some numbers to running backs. I think it's 11-plus non-PPR for the past six. And I think they rank sixth in most rushing yards allowed per game this season. They're getting better. They are getting better. They had, they've had, I think, six games out of ten with both Chris Jones and Mike Pinnell, maybe seven games. They're starting to get better. I mean, look at the last two games. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 18 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. He also had a huge game receiving, but we don't expect that from Jones. Can't have that. No. Josh Jacobs, 17 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. So both these guys had 17 to 18 y- carries, but they really struggled running the ball and they both did score. But, you know, okay, so is Ronald Jones above or below the Mostert Edward Zelayer line? Below. Below, okay. Is he uh, ahead of the Rams? Yeah, he's ahead of the Rams, guys. Is he's, he ahead of, the Rams. he's ahead of Fournette. Yeah, for me, I think I think, you know, like a good comparison is Dave Montgomery, because, you know, both guys are going to get work. How much work? You never know with Rojo, you know, depending on how the game flow goes. But it's uh, he has a better chance of scoring than Fournette does at this point, even though Fournette scored last week. Fournette's touches haven't exactly been there. This game feels more like a Fournette game because it's going to be more evolved, I think, through the air. But I don't think you could trust any of these guys within confidence. Okay, so would you start like Nelson Aguilar over Ronald Jones? I think there's probably in a PPR league. I think there's more upside for Aguilar. Yeah, although you just you know it could be a one target game for Aguilar. It's always the risk. I'm surprised you guys didn't have Aguilar higher. We're going to talk about the game in a little bit. Uh, the Tampa Bay wide receivers rank them: Evans, Godwin, Brown. Yes, Dave. Evan, wrong. Okay. And how many of them are must starts? Two, but three and three receiver leagues. And would you start Antonio Brown over Ronald Jones? Yes. PPR for sure. I'll probably go with Jones and non. Would you start Antonio Brown over Clyde Edwards Elair? PPR for sure. Definitely not in non. Agree. Does it mean anything to you that Kansas City is allows the fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers? And another thing that they don't do, they do not give up big pass plays. This is one of my favorite stats. They've given up four pass plays of 40-plus yards this year. All of them were in one game against the Raiders. Raiders. The game they lost. Um, that's something that Spagnolo does. He just They don't give up. That's kind of their philosophy. So, I don't know. Does that does that mean anything to you? This is not, on paper, a good matchup. It makes me like those receivers even more in PPR. If they're going to take away the deep ball with their zone defense, then it's going to be a lot of shorter throwing underneath. Helps helps all three of these guys. How has Brady been throwing the deep ball lately, I wonder? <laughs> Pretty bad, yeah. 
So that's kind of a fun storyline. Yeah, it might be a lot of underneath stuff to these guys. I wonder if they they try and change their philosophy for this game, knowing that Brady's been so bad at connecting long, that they move the safeties up a little bit and make it harder for Brady to throw inside of 15 yards. Would you start any of that these... allows them to get more pressure on Brady too? I bet that's what they do. Any of these Bucks wide receivers over um, over Robert Woods or Cooper Cup? Evans. I'd start Godwin too. Okie dokie. And starter sit Rob Gronkowski. I start low end starter. Okay, Gronkowski or Eagles. Uh, if there's just Goddard, Goddard. If there's Goddard and Ertz, uh, I might go Gronk just to avoid the headache. I think I'd go Goddard either way. Here's what I wanted you to know about Carlton Davis. He's actually seen the most attempts against as a primary defender, which is weird. 78 times he's been the primary defender on a you know on a target. His passer rating against is 43.4. It's pretty good. He is so good. Oh, man, I I hope that they put him on Tyreek Hill. I just want to see it. You know, I want to see what happens. All right, Carolina is at Minnesota. A number of stats of the game. Number one, I just want to apologize to Mike Davis. I have been a little critical of him lately, and I think it's been deserved because he hasn't been that good. But I really sort of neglected to mention his competition has been so hard in the last five games he's played without Christian McCaffrey. It's been the Bears, the Saints, the Falcons, who actually have a pretty good run defense, the Bucks, and then the Lions, who actually aren't that bad like per carry, but they do give up touchdowns and he scored. So my apologies to Mike Davis. Competition gets a little easier this week. Stat of the game number two, Curtis Samuel, guys. Look at, look at Curtis Samuel's PPR points in his last five games. 16, 21, 26, 3, and 21. So um, are Mike Davis and Curtis Samuel good starts, great starts? What do you think? Davis is a good start. PPR, he's a very good start. Samuel is a good flex because you're hoping that he has one of, you're hoping he scores a touchdown as a red zone weapon for the Panthers. That's really what he is. Davis or Clyde Edwards Elair? Davis. Davis. Davis, top 10 guy. Curtis Samuel or Antonio Brown? Brown. That's close. I think I have Samuel right there. Okay, how about the top two Bucks guys versus the top two? Well, maybe Curtis Samuel's higher than Robbie Anderson for you, but the yes. other two uh, Panthers guys. Um, versus Godwin and Evans. I do have Brown ahead of Samuel. I apologize. What's your question? Godwin Evans versus DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Evans, I go Evans, Moore, Godwin. Godwin, Samuel, Anderson. So you like DJ Moore this week? Yeah, you got to. And as for Robbie Anderson, he's not getting red zone targets. The other guys are. He's not getting deep targets as often as he was earlier in the year. And I, I, I think he's going to be okay for you know a, a six for sixty type of stat line. Might make him a decent flex and full PPR. Okay, yeah, Minnesota. I mean, the good wide receivers tend to destroy Minnesota. Like, I mean, the Devontae Adams, Julio Joneses of the world. They just have yeah, the the best. Games. I think Anderson's okay. I mean, his targets are basically the same. You know, he had the one down game two weeks ago with six targets, but he had nine last week, thirteen two games ago. He's been basically eight targets a game. So he's still heavily involved. It's just he's not producing the same level. Mm-hmm. He's gone scoreless in 10 straight games. Yeah. I, t- I mean, the touchdowns are, he, he's become DJ Moore. The touchdowns aren't there for him, you know, but his, he's, he's a PPR guy. You know, him and Antonio Brown are the same guy at this point. Yeah. Okay. That seems like a pretty good comparison. The Vikings do give up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. But like I said, it's that's been- on the, that's on the year. They've only given up six touchdowns outside of the red zone on the season. That's a strike against Robbie. Okay. Uh, Bridgewater. I know he's not like a great, we're not super enthusiastic, but four of the last six QBs to face the Vikings have thrown three or four touchdown passes. How many times has Bridgewater done that? Zero. He's not thrown more than two all year, but maybe, maybe this will be the year. He's had a, he's had a game with multi, with three plus touchdowns. He's run. That's one true. In. That's true. Okay. Uh, stat of the game. Number three, let's go to the Vikings. Kirk cousins is at home. In his first five home games, he scored 25 or more fantasy points all five times. I don't know what that's about. 
against Green Bay, Tennessee, Atlanta, Detroit, and Dallas. Kirk Cousins is a home beast. Starter sit, Cousins. Does he have Adam Thielen? Yeah, he's a streamer if he has Thielen. If he doesn't have Thielen, I don't think you could play him. He'll make my top 12 if he's got Thielen. Well, then let me tell you what he did without Adam Thielen last year. He scored 11 points in one game, 15 points in one game, 21, 22, and 28 in the other three. Yeah, he had Stefan Diggs, but <laughs> he's got Jefferson. Uh, he also Does scored 26 points at Kansas City, and Adam Thielen played like four snaps in that game. So he's interesting, but was I, that one in that one? what's that? Was Dalvin Cook healthy in that one? I think so. I don't think Cook missed games until like the last couple of the year. He missed he missed three games down the stretch. Yeah, he was healthy for that game. Okay. Starter said Dalvin Cook. Start Dalvin Cook. All right, then let's talk about Thielen and Jefferson here. What do you think about them right now? I think you got to consider them must starts like the Rams guys, like the top two Bucks guys, like DJ Moore. I mean, there could be a bad game, obviously. You know, volume is going to be key whenever Dalvin Cook is going and they're not throwing. But, I mean, you've seen enough of a track record for the season that you just got to trust that this is one of their better games. It's not a bad matchup by any stretch. So, you know, you start them. I love Jefferson as a top 15 receiver if there's no Thielen. What have we seen from him every time he's gotten a lot of targets? He's had huge numbers. He has three games this season with more than five targets, and I think he scored like 20-some-odd PPR points in all three of them. Oh, he's had like 120 yards in all three of them, Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. or more. But that, those were, it, it goes from like five to nine, you know, so there's that's a big that, gap. Yeah. We don't know, we well, don't know Justin Jefferson in a medium target game. He either has three to five or nine or more targets. It's very strange. But every time he's had yeah, nine or more, nine he's time. been huge. 135 or more every time he's had nine, 135 or more yards every time he's had nine or more targets. So if Thielen does not play, is Justin Jefferson going to be in your top? 12? Top 15. Uh, I think he's in my top 10. Okay. So you've already ranked him as if Thielen's not going to play. Yeah, that's how yeah. we do it. Okay. And so he's top 16 for everybody in, in both formats. But he'll still be top 24 if Thielen does play. Yep. You're starting Justin Jefferson regardless of Thielen's status. If Thielen Herb- impacts Cousins way more than Jefferson. Okay. If Herb Smith is out, would you start Kyle Rudolph or Rob Gronkowski? Still Gronk. Mm-hmm. Would you start Kyle Rudolph or Noah Fant? Rudolph. I may start Rudolph now. <laughs> Dude, like, Jamie is so, it's so funny. He kept just trashing Noah Fant yesterday. Noah, thanks. Noah, thanks. All right, I think that's that game. Yeah, that's it. Las Vegas at Atlanta. It's that of the game. All right. Here's here's a, Nelson, a little Nelson Aguilar fun. Derek Carr has scored 22 or more fantasy points in five games. Aguilar has caught a touchdown in each of the last four of those five. So we we said it yesterday. Hmm, has Derek Carr had a good game without Aguilar having a good game? Yeah, once earlier in the year, a good fantasy game. But si- you know, since Aguilar has become more involved, he's been part of the equation whenever Carr's had a good game. And you guys Heath like Derek working Carr. really hard to dispel that theory yesterday. Heath was. Yeah, remember he's like, well, yeah, two seventy five in this game, and you know, could have played better. <laughs> yeah, well, those were early in the game, and he mentioned a game against the Patriots where Carr's numbers weren't that bad. I think he scored like eighteen fantasy points. But if you look at the games where he scored twenty two or more in four or five in each of the last four, Nelson Aguilar has caught a touchdown. So, yeah, so like, let's talk about this game because the Raiders are three point favorites here, and does it need to be close? Is that a fear right now of Carr just? If they, if they can blow out, I don't know if they will, but if they can handle the Falcons, he just hands the ball off a bunch of times, throws 25 passes. I think the one thing you got to look at, though, is really for the season, but certainly under Raheem Morris, the run defense for Atlanta has been dramatically better. Like, yes, Top-tier running backs have had a tough time against the Falcons. You're not sending Josh Jacobs. He's going to get his numbers. To what level, that's the question. I think he'll score. He'll probably have a similar stat line like he did last week. You know, 50, 60 rushing yards, score touchdown. Again, you're not benching Josh Jacobs. But... This is a game where you can have some success throwing. We've seen tight ends beat up this team. Well, what do the Raiders have? You know, arguably the second best. Second best one in football. Um, Aguilar will have an opportunity to make some plays down the field. Whether he scores, who knows? But he typically finds the end zone whenever he's involved. You like to see a game like we saw last week where he has nine plus targets. That's happened twice. Um, it's, It's a matter of, you know, how will Derek, you know, like we saw last week. He got a touchdown from Aguilar. He got a touchdown from Waller. He got the third touchdown from Jason Witten. 
you know, there'll be a third guy some somewhere along the way. It'd be nice if it's Henry Ruggs and we start to see some production from him. Could be Hunter Renfro. You know, somebody is going to get him a, a, a second touchdown. I don't know if we'll get to three, but Carr's got enough, I think, of a, of a track record this season and the matchup that he's facing that you should feel comfortable starting. If Julio Jones plays, who's the best quarterback in this game? Ryan. It's Ryan. Okay. And, yeah, Nelson Aguilar is not even in your top 30. So He's going to be. I've got him too low. All right, yeah. It's I'm going to try to. great week for wide receivers. That's the problem, Adam. You know, and so okay. the question becomes, is it a nine-target game for Aguilar? Because then he's got a chance for five-plus catches and a chance for 80-plus yards. Is it a three-target game for Aguilar? Because then it's one catch for 50 yards and a touchdown. And that's the question you have to ask yourself is where does Aguilar, you know, sort of stack up? He's a better non-PPR receiver than PPR. But if they feature him, which they should because he's been playing great, then there's a chance for him to be really good. Top 30 receiver. I just think you got to run, you know, you got to compare that to your roster. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, myself, Todd Rones, who I share the podcast league team with, we have Aguilar and we're playing Darius Slayton over him because I think there's more of an opportunity in that matchup against the Bengals for Slayton to play. We also, st- we're starting Daniel Jones. So we're going to, you know, take our chances with a, a stack in that, in that matchup. But he, doesn't have a, wrong. he doesn't have a better matchup than Aguilar. I, 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 I guess I, I, call, I, call, I call it pretty even. I don't think he has a better matchup than Aguilar either. I think they're very similar, but I I'm, I'm counting on Slayton coming off a of bye week, getting a couple more targets than Nelson Aguilar does. They're very similar guys. They're, they're, they're touchdown dependent receivers. Aguilar has been better. I certainly can understand starting that, but this is something that, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, take our chances with that. Daniel Jones to mm. Slayton hits, and we get a a bonus play on top of it. Okay. Dave, who would you go with, Slayton or? I'd go with Aguilar. How about Antonio Brown or Aguilar? I believe in full PPR, I have Brown higher. I think that that's just a safer way to go. And sure. Aguilar isn't perfect. He drops passes, too. We've yeah. seen that over the past few weeks. But just to, to hammer home the point about the run game, not only is the Falcons' run defense pretty good under Raheem Morris, Richie Incognito is done for the year. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best run blocker for Josh Jacobs. You can use Josh Jacobs in redraft. I would not use him in DFS, but I would use Nelson Aguilar if I'm entering a tournament in DFS. He's a great Sunday. DFS player, 100%. Oh, yeah, he's in my lineup, sure. Darren Waller is number two. Waller's Matt, in my lineup, too. Matt Ryan is a sit as of now. Uh, well, he's 15th for Jamie, 13th for Dave, 12th for Heath. That's with or without Julio Jones? It's without Julio, but Julio's practicing. We'll see. I, I My guess is, like Chris Carson, he'll be questionable for the game on Sunday. He'll practice all week, and they'll give him a chance to make the game on Sunday. And if he plays, you've got to assume he's not at 100%, but he'll be out there. He's someone that the Raiders are going to have to deal with, and their defense isn't very good. All right, how about this? The Raiders, in the first three weeks of the season, they were as bad as it gets against the run. They allowed 24 or more non-PPR fantasy points to good players, McCaffrey and Kamara, but then also Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle had 100 yards. I mean, they were horrible. Nick Kwiatkowski barely played. He played uh, played just a little bit in week one. He missed weeks two and three. Since he's come back, um, they've been better. They've been a lot better. No running back has more than 69 rushing yards since week three. Only three running backs have scored double-digit non-PPR fantasy points. Only four running backs have scored more than 11 PPR fantasy points. So how are you feeling about Todd Gurley? Compare him to some of the guys we've talked about, Clyde Edwards-Zeller, uh, Raheem Mostert, um, and that. And I'm sure you have Mike Davis ahead of him. But how about uh, how about Mostert, Edwards-Zeller, and Todd Gurley? I'll put Gurley ahead of them both, assuming he plays, assuming he practices on Friday. And... The Chiefs had three rushing touchdowns against the Raiders in their last game out. Two games before that, it was the Chargers. They totaled two touchdowns among their running backs. I don't buy that their defense is suddenly a shutdown unit against the run. I wouldn't say shutdown, but but they've been better. That the touchdown, maybe you can say they're, they're a slowdown are, unit. Yeah, you know, Gurley's you know always not Gurley's pretty slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's the number two running back. And then so nothing, always gonna be. nothing tricky with the Atlanta wide receivers, right? Just start Julio and Calvin. Yep. Jamie, how are you feeling about Hayden Hurst this week? I hope he's healthy and I hope he gets targets. I mean, last week was a disaster. You know, he was banged up a little bit in that game and, you know, they went away from him. But he's in that uh, low-end starting group. You know, as Heath would say, it's five. So he's a tight end with a pulse and hopefully they use him. 
it looked like it was a real bad injury. Did you see when it happened? He went down in a heap. He was grabbing his ankle. It took him a while to get up, and then he gutted out the game. So, like Julio, you've got to imagine that he's going to be affected by the injury. Would you start Hurst or or Mark Andrews with RG3? Andrews. Andrews. All right. Hurst or Gronk? Gronk. I've got Hurst a spot ahead of Gronk right now. I don't know if I'll stick with it. Jamie, Hurst or Noah Fant? <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. We've got three games left. We already talked about them in the Startometer segment. San Francisco with the Rams, Packers, Bears, Seahawks, and Eagles. By the way, Hayden Hurst has three targets inside the 10-yard line. That's okay. How many does Julio Jones have this year? The answer when we come back. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. San Francisco is at the Rams. By the way, Julio Jones has one target inside the 10-yard line, just one this year. Brilliant. San Francisco's at the Rams. Uh, are you starting? I'll never understand that. I will never, <laughs> ever understand that. Are you starting any uh, 49ers? I'm okay with Mostert as a low-end number two running back. We talked about that already. I, I think you can put Debo in the flex conversation, Jordan Reed in the desperation tight end conversation. De- Debo That's or it. Aguilar? Aguilar. I'm a little more optimistic about Jordan Reed, but like Hurst or Reed? I've got Hurst ranked higher. Rudolph, if Irv Smith is out or Jordan Reed? I would take a chance on Rudolph, especially if Thielen is also out. That, that's a no-brainer for me. Okay. Um, Jared Goff is like around 15th. And again, I want you to, if, if, you, if you feel like this is a little skimpy, everybody go back, rewind, and check out the Stardometer segment. But Jared Goff is an okay start, and you're going to start the Rams wide receivers, and you're going to sit the running backs, right? That It's the best advice we can give because we don't know how the workload's going to be divvied up amongst the running backs, although I do think that a Cam Akers breakout is close to happening. Don't know how successful they'll be running the football. And the upside is too great to ignore when it comes to Woods and Cup. And usually I would have Cup ranked lower in PPR, but the fact that there's no Kawan Williams makes me a little more optimistic about Cup in the matchup. Niners have a good run defense, but one thing that they struggle with is pass catching. Running backs, six running backs have 30 or more receiving yards against San Francisco, and they've given up four to seven catches to four running backs in their last three games. So I don't know. That's It's not something you can really well, bank on with the Rams. If that's supposed to make me encouraged about using Malcolm Brown, I would tell you that he's been third on the pecking order among running backs in L.A. in touches no, it's the not. past two it's weeks. To. <laughs> All right, let's say, uh, let's say Tyler Higby's out. Gerald Everett or Jordan Reed? Everett. Interesting. Why do you hate Reed so much? I mean, he's been pretty good. Because when... Debo's back and because I think the Rams' defense is good. Well, that that is true. Yeah. I don't know if you need me to really quantify that. But. Saints defense is good, too. And he had the sec- he had a good game against the Saints a couple weeks ago, and he had the second most yards of any tight end all year against the Saints. All right. You know what? I'll t- Jamie's higher on him. Jamie's got Jordan Reed 12th. Dave and Heath have him closer to 20. And the Rams DST is a must start. Chicago is at Green Bay. 
Um, I already gave you the stat on Allen Robinson. First five games, last five games, just not nearly as many targets. Sit Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. David Montgomery. Here we go, Dave. The Packers, they give up the, the third most fantasy points to running backs, the most receiving yards per game to running backs, and as you know, because I said it 10 times last week, 100 yards or a touchdown to a running back in every game, but not Montgomery. And he, by the way, has had a pretty tough schedule if you go back and look at it. This might be his best matchup yet. And you're saying sit Montgomery? Offensive line's in terrible shape. No guarantee on what his workload will be. If Trubisky's back under center, he could end up having Whoa, a couple Whoa, what do you mean no, gar- no guarantee what his workload's going to be? We don't know. I, I can't trust the Bears coaching staff to reliably give him 18-plus touches. Okay, but he'll have... He's not like he's going to split with Cordero Patterson or anything. No, it's not going to be... I don't think it's going to be like that. But he's been extremely inefficient. Oh, yeah. You, you've got to hope that he scores a touchdown or he has a bunch of catches that are nice gainers. Is it possible? Sure. Do I really want to trust it? Not particularly. Okay. So uh, you'd start Ronald Jones over David Montgomery? That's how I have it ranked. Let me see. You'd start Gus Edwards, obviously. How about Melvin Gordon? I Both of them make my skin crawl. Okay. Zach Moss? <laughs> I think Moss has a better chance to score in a high-scoring game against the Chargers. I see you have Montgomery one spot ahead of James White in PPR. All right, so there's that. And even that might be off. Allen Robinson is a you're going to start him. He's uh 20 he's in the 20s. Start for, him with number 2 receiver expectations. Yeah, okay. Heath has him as a number 1 low end. Uh Jimmy Graham. How about Jimmy Graham or uh, Jordan Reed? I I I guess I'm just low on Jordan Reed. Not expecting him to be a huge factor for the 49ers. All right, Jimmy Graham or um Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph even if Smith plays or only if Smith is out? If Smith is out, I think that's enough for Rudolph to get the nod over Graham. Aaron Rodgers is number six for Dave, Jamie, and Heath. 666, the mark Uh-oh. of the beast. Half-baked, anyone? Uh, start Aaron Jones, sit Jamal Williams, start Devontae Adams. Any interest in Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Alan Lazard? I'd rather go with Aguilar. They're going to fall behind the Aguilars and Antonio Browns and Darius Slaytons of the world. You, really, you feel very confident in Aaron Rodgers this week against the Bears? Reasonably confident. This seems like the type of spot, as a certainly as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, where Aaron Rodgers just goes out there and lays fire to them. Robert Tunyon, thoughts? Would prefer a different tight end. <laughs> Would you, Jimmy Graham <laughs> or Tunyon? Jimmy Graham. And give me a read, too. Okay, yeah, Tunyon is... Outside the top 15. Bears have not been great against tight ends, but no. everybody's healthy in that passing game for Green Bay. I think you'd, you'd have to get very lucky with Tunyon. Mm, good point. Packers DST, seventh for Jamie, fifth for Dave, second for Heath. And finally, Seattle at Philadelphia. I've given a lot of all these stats of the games already, but um, yeah, this one, basically what I already said, uh, the uh, Seahawks have been pretty bad against tight ends lately. So... You know, how are we approaching that situation with Goddard and Ertz? If Ertz plays, it's going to be a mess, but I still think Goddard is the safer play of the two just because we don't know what to expect from Ertz in terms of not just target share, but also how healthy is he? How spry is he? Is he going to be covered by a cornerback and not be able to get open? That's what we saw earlier this year. It was a mess. Yeah. So... We we need to wait a week on Ertz, no matter when he All comes right, back. But if he doesn't play, Goddard is is what? Like top oh, top what? Like top seven okay. or higher, maybe even top five tight end. And uh let's let's talk about so you're gonna start Miles Sanders, nobody else, no no wide receivers and not Carson Wentz, right? I can't feel good about any of those guys. Yeah, it's weird. It's like I don't think we've ever, ever said that in a Seahawks game. But the Eagles have just been their so defense bad. is playing better. Their pass rush is playing a little bit stronger. It's making a difference. And Wentz's offensive line is causing him to be a very different quarterback than what we've seen in the past. So let's flip it over to the Seahawks. And 
Russell Wilson said earlier this week, I think balance is always great, but I think that we've got to do whatever it takes to win. I think that's the reality. Obviously, we won a lot of games early on, and we're doing a lot of special things, throwing the ball, and things that have never been done before. I think he thinks. I think that Russell Wilson wants to keep throwing. Well, duh. And um, yeah, but but you know, he'll he'll but take. But Pete Carroll wants to keep winning games, and Carroll is has, you know, he 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 got what he wanted out of Carlos Hyde last week. This is a much tougher matchup for the run game. And look, you're going to start Russell Wilson, but he is seventh for Dave and Jamie. He's fourth for Heath. So it's possible you could have Wilson and Rodgers. Like maybe you can go with Rodgers. Yeah, Wilson and Herbert. You'd go with Herbert? I would go with Herbert. But it's really for Lockett, I think, because, you know, it, he's been inconsistent. Everyone's starting Metcalf. But, uh, you know, are, are you are you thinking that Lockett's going to have another good game? Uh, there's, listen, if I'm starting... Robert Woods and Cooper Cup because of their upside. What do you think I'm going to tell you with Tyler Lockett? Right. Yeah. What, what what's the what's the evidence that says that he's going to struggle against Philadelphia? And if I think he's going to struggle against Philadelphia, then even with Russ ranked seventh, I've got him too high. Okay. I don't think that. Okay. Well, one thing that's that's good for Wilson also is that the Eagles have kind of struggled with mobile quarterbacks. Daniel Jones has run all over them. Lamar Jackson had 108 yards and a touchdown. So that could be another avenue for Russell Wilson. And that's it for this game. The Seattle DST is top 10. Start them up. And maybe Jalen Rager, if, if you were going to gamble on one wide receiver for the Eagles, would it be Rager at this point? I think it would be. All right. We've just, it, it's been so frustrating with Fulgham. Yeah. Two weeks ago, not a lot of targets. Last week, more targets, still the same result. Okay. The, the the only guys that are doing something for Wentz are the tight ends. I should have mentioned that Jamie had to leave. I apologize, but he left uh, at our commercial break. Dave has to leave as well because we have CBS Sports HQ in 45 minutes. So we are out of here. So uh, thanks a lot for listening. We'll have our mailbag show. We'll have updates for you on the Ravens-Steelers games, it, game if it gets canceled or whatnot. And good luck to you in week 12. Have a great weekend, everybody. See ya. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.